what? You have a podcast? I can't let you do that, Kyle. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, Election Day. Um, so I'm not going to change anybody's mind today. Obviously, if you listen to this, you know which way I'm leaning. I tend to vote for the party that believes in democracy. So um, hopefully you do too. It would be odd if you didn't. But, you know, uh, to each their own. Uh, sometimes I do pay attention to what the crazy right wing white supremacists say just to, you know, kind of just just know what's going on over there. I think it's important to keep tabs. Um, other than that, let's see. Oh, pour over coffee will change your life. Um, I found out about this thing. I've been looking to downsize in my house. Like I have too many kitchen appliances. I have too many things. So I'm constantly looking for a way to do things old school and yet also save space. And I found out about pour over coffee. You don't need a coffee machine. Now we already have an electric water kettle that we use constantly. So this thing, this thing's already there. So we didn't have to really buy anything extra. Uh, we just needed the carafe for this uh, new pour over coffee method. Doesn't have a plug. You just take the, the, the kettle water when it's boiling and nice and hot and you pour it over the grounds and ta-da. And now I don't have a coffee maker, which is actually nice because I need the counter space. Um, uh, my wife and I have differing opinions of how the kitchen should be set up. I prefer a more open kitchen. Like, I always like those kitchens that have no cupboards. Like, they have shelves, but you can see everything. Like, I don't like my spice cabinet hidden. I know light supposedly damages some spices, and that's fine, but that's why you get little uh, containers that block the light. You don't block the spice from being visible. But anyway, pour over coffee, something you want to look into. Um, so with today being election day and everything else, um, I decided to try to do something a little different and go over what I think the fixes would be here in the United States if I had a magic wand and I could make everybody do what I wanted them to. You know, how would I fix the United States Democratic elections? Now, this is strictly elections. This isn't like I've talked before about proportional representation and how I think the Senate should be done or, you know, getting rid of the Electoral College, things like that. Those are different. And uh, and we're not we're not going to be talking about those. We're just talking just the elections. That's it. Just the actual process of voting. How would Kyle fix it? And I kind of have two different fixes. Um, we'll start with the, the easy one. You know, how do we fix our current system? Uh, we'll just call it democratic um and for me i think my biggest complaint every single time and i mentioned this yesterday is that the people who don't vote always outnumber the people who do uh even last time in uh in 2020 where it was the highest uh you know participation for a presidential election i mean trump wasn't wrong when he says he got the most votes of any incumbent president in the history of the united states that's true but biden also got more votes than anyone in the history of the united states period so um both of them were correct <laughs> he wasn't wrong that was that was one of those times where he wasn't lying he was just you know not mentioning the fact that biden got more than him uh but even then in this historic election, the people who didn't vote outnumbered the people who did. And that is a huge problem that I have because it allows us all to disengage. So my first fix 
for that is to just make it mandatory that everyone votes. Um, I know a lot of people don't like this. I'll address some of their concerns later on in this list of fixes. Um, now, this is anecdotal. I haven't looked into it, but I heard uh, that Australia also has mandatory voting. And how they deal with it is very simple. Uh, at tax time, they do it similarly to us. You know, At the end of the year, they go ahead and they do their taxes. If you voted, nothing. Nothing changes. If you did not vote, uh, then you pay a $25 fee. Uh, and that is that is paid at tax time. So for most of us, that would come out of our refund if we had that. Um, however, the big stickler is that if you do that two years in a row, the second time it jumps from $25 to 1000 So basically the state down in Australia is saying, hey, we understand 25 bucks that could be difficult right um but but it's it's not much and and election day you know sometimes you forget life happens you're in a coma whatever man we we understand things happen but we would still like you to remember and know hey you were told you should have voted so 25 dollars that's not much and we can haggle on that like th these are not set in stone but the point is, is that there is verifiable, there's a receipt at the end of the year that says, hey, this person did not vote. And everyone knows it. So you can't avoid it. But then the second year jumps up to a thousand bucks. And they can, of course, point to the previous year and be like, hey, you remember that receipt? That thing that said you paid $25 not to vote last year? Okay. And it was at tax time. So we, we told you this was coming. So you can't back out of it. You can't hide from it. You can't say you didn't know. Um, so I just found that to be a very efficient system to tie it into that because everybody pays taxes. And this is a way for everyone to be able to keep track of it. And again, you, you wouldn't be able to claim ignorance. You wouldn't be able to say, I forgot. I didn't know. It's like, okay, that may be true. But uh, we still have a paper record here saying that you paid $25 and that you know that this was coming. Uh, I don't know what happens if you miss it uh, three years in a row. And obviously, you know, yeah, billionaires, whatever. But that's that's one vote. Um, you know, billionaires aren't going to care about a thousand bucks. I don't know what happens if you go three years in a row, if it keeps jumping up, ex, you know, exponentially or if it if it just stays at the thousand dollars every year kind of a deal. And yeah, to extremely wealthy people, they're not going to care. Thousand bucks, no big deal to them. Um, however, the mass... The, the, the mass majority of all of us are going to feel a sudden thousand dollars not being where it should. Um, so I just I just found that very system very, very good. Um, so that would be my first fix is that everybody votes. Uh, the second fix would be automatic registration. This is something that Bernie Sanders has championed and I kind of agree with it. Why do we have to register to vote? You don't have to register every year for you know a lot of things. Um, but, but this is ridiculous, right? We, we register for things. We, we constantly pay bills at our address. We pay utility bills. The state knows we pay these utility bills because they force us to. We don't have an option, right? Most states, you move in somewhere, the electric company's there, and you don't have a choice in the matter. And that's by design. That's, that's government design. So everybody knows you live there. Everybody knows you pay for things there. It seems to me very strange that we actually have to go ahead and fill out extra paperwork that says we intend to vote. Like, that's dumb. I'm sorry. Um, 
the government has the means. They already know you live there. They already know everything they need to know. It's just a matter of putting it all together. Um, it's one of those things that would require a simple piece of legislation to say, hey, uh, voter registration is automatic, you know, um, and we already have the information we need. Really, we do. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, the third option, or the, th the third thing I would change is that mail-in is an option for everyone across the entire country. Every single one of us should get a mail-in ballot. Uh, we should be allowed, of course, to uh, vote in person. Not against that. that. That's still on the table. But we have to make this thing as easy as possible. And one of the things that I really have a problem with is the fact that we do not have online voting. I think a lot of people are very scared of online voting. They think that if it's electronic that it can be hacked or, or tampered with. Well, I only have to, you know, say this is like a, most of us, especially my generation and younger, we do all of our banking online. And at no point are we worried that us doing our banking online is going to be hacked. Why? Because the banking industry takes that very seriously. Nobody's going to bank with Chase or Bank of America if they're getting hacked, right? That's just not happening. So I'm pretty sure that if banks can do it, and they do, I mean, they, they, they pay people millions of dollars to figure out prime numbers, for fuck's sake, uh, just so they can create these algorithms that keep your data and your information secure, again, so it's not hacked. Um, so I just think that that should be an option. I think there should be an app on your phone to vote. I really do. You know, um... Now, this would fly in the face of some people who believe we always need a paper record of everything. And I'm not saying you can't have one, um, th th but the, there are options here. There's things we can do. But I think for the people who want it, and I'm not saying you have to vote this way, I would never say you have to vote. Like I said, this is an option, but I think mail-in and online should be options for everyone, uh, as well as walking in on election day and actually casting your ballot. I, I think that should also be an option uh, so that everybody has options basically um but i think the, the the biggest hurdle for online voting is is basically that that innate fear of well computers can be hacked and we need to get over that because there are so many things that we're worried about i mean we we go on social media and we tell the world everything uh there was one cia analyst uh who is like man you know he used to work back in the cia in the 60s and 70s and he's like good lord the amount of information that people are willing to give up these days is insane. He's like, we would we would have killed to have this information. Ha ha ha. Probably did kill. Um, but you know, we we have these fears that I believe are they're not unjustified, but I do believe they're unfounded. You know, it's good to have fear about the security of your elections. That's not bad, but it's it's unjustified. It's it's kind of like, a, you know, the whole voter fraud argument that the right always puts up. There's voter fraud everywhere. And it's like every single time there's voter fraud, uh, most of the time it is the very people who are complaining about voter fraud. And it, it, even then, it's it's the numbers are in the single digits. I mean, in a state with millions of people, they usually find five singular individuals with five singular you know fraudulent votes and that's it um so it, it's it's something you need to keep in mind uh it's it, it's like yes election security important it is not unjustified to worry about it but it is unfounded the evidence just doesn't back it up um and it's one of those things that, like i said i think it should be an option uh especially for people who want to 
I don't see what the big deal is. We can we can do banking online. We should be able to vote online because as crazy as it sounds, I trust my bank to be more secure than I do the elections right now. Um, so again, if they can do it, uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't be able to as well. Uh, my next fix would be for elections to be a week long, uh, full seven days, uh, seven days. You have seven days to do the in-person voting thing or the online option, you know, whatever your, whatever your choice is, but you have a full seven days to do it. No more of this. Oh, it was Tuesday, a random fucking Tuesday in the middle of November. Uh, the weather's horrible up here in the Pacific Northwest. You know, it gets dark at two. Uh, it starts pouring rain, wind everywhere, power outages. <sighs> um, it, it can be a real pain in the ass, but it's this random Tuesday all of a sudden is election day. And that to me is just nuts. Uh, I think you should just make it a full week. Period. That way, most of us who are fortunate get at least a day off in that time. You know, we, we have the time. We can find the time if you give us seven days. If you just give us one day, I mean, there are employers in this world who are like, fuck you, vote on your own time, and then ask you to work a 16-hour day today. Um, so with that in mind, I think it, it just makes sense. That's just me. Um, in addition to that, my next fix would be that either the Monday or the Friday of that week be a national holiday. So essentially creating a three-day weekend. Um, I think this is important, again, to combat that whole uh, employers demanding that people work. You know, if it is a national holiday, it's a lot harder. Yes, there are people still working on holidays. I get that. Um, but it does create some wiggle room for people to be able to get out and take care of it. And plus, the national holiday also puts uh, a big stamp on it, you know, kind of, you know, makes a point. Hey, we're here. It is election day, you know. So even your employer you know, wouldn't be able to wiggle out of, well, I made them work 16 hours that day. I didn't know it was election day, right? It's it's like one of those things. It, like, emphasizes it. It's something they can't get out of, um, which I think is important. Um, also, uh, something I've been thinking about a long time, I think voting age should be tied to work. Right now, the current age is the age of 18. And I think that's pretty much because that's the age most of us graduate high school and most of us, yeah, most of us graduate high school. And of course, 18 years old is also uh, tied to military service. You know, figure, hey, if you can go die for your country, you should at least be able to vote, uh, which does make sense, of course. But I think it should go back further. I think it should be tied to work. So whatever, whatever your age, you're, you have the right to vote or right to work in your state. So if your state says, hey, you can work at 14 with a permit, well, then you should vote. You're paying taxes. You should have a say in how those taxes are paid. I'm sorry, that's just how I feel about it. If you're taking money from me, uh, then I should have a say in how you spend it. Now, again, I know it's not a perfect system and representative politics, and yeah, they don't give a fuck about us and all that, but I do think it is important. Uh, I, I just feel like that's a that's a fair trade-off. You're taking money from me, so I get to vote. Period. I just think that makes sense. Now, if you want to say, hey, maybe people under 18 shouldn't have to pay taxes, we can talk. Um, you know, that that's something I'm willing to have a discussion about. But as it stands right now, if you are 16 years old working at a McDonald's and they take 40% of your paycheck out, uh, I think you should have a say. That's, that's, 
that's just where I stand on that. That that seems very rational and logical um, for me. Uh, also, uh, my last fix for this uh, is very simple. So a lot of people don't vote, and uh, there there are multiple reasons. Uh, but a lot of people don't vote because oh, I don't like either of the candidates, and you can't make me vote for the lesser of two evils. And uh, trust me, I get it. It is a it is a problem. Uh, when our candidates suck. And so to address that, I would say that it is mandatory that in addition to everyone voting and all this, that none of the above is on the ballot. And if none of the above gets more than 50%, so if it outright wins majority, there is a new election for that position in 90 days, and the candidates who were on the previous ballot are not allowed to be on it. And I think this is very important here because, um, you know, our, our big 2016 election that changed everything, it was run between, between two of the most unpopular human beings in the country. Okay, in reality, no one likes Donald Trump. But no one liked Hillary Clinton either. Um, they were just very unpopular people for whatever reason. You can claim misogyny or, or whatever. I'm, I'm not going there, but I'm just saying the fact is both of them are extremely unpopular candidates. And you can't tell me that if none of the above was on the ballot in 2016, that it wouldn't have given them a run for their money. Okay. If none of the above gets over 50% of the vote in 2016, which I think is highly likely that would have been the American people rejecting the candidates that the parties put forward. And in that reality, in that, in that version of events, 90 days later, we would have had a completely new election with two different people. It wouldn't have been them. By my rule, if none of the above wins, that means you don't get to run in the next one. Now, okay, the next election cycle, you know, two, four years down the line, sure, Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump can run again if they want. But for that election, for that position, no, you don't get to run again. And I'm sorry, in this day and age, uh, I think that would go a long way to fighting against the tribalism we see. Okay, you wouldn't be able to, it would, it would have to be a serious consideration for the other party. You know, if you're the Republicans, and say you go back in time, it's 2016 again, you've got your slate of like a dozen people on that stage, uh, and, and you know ahead of time that none of the above is on the ballot. Are you really going to put Donald Trump on that fucker? Same thing with the Democrats. Okay, you've got Hillary Clinton versus Bernie Sanders. Now, Bernie Sanders may have a policy problem, but nobody dislikes the man. That's one thing I can I can tell you about. There are a lot of people who have a problem with his policies and are anti-socialist, anti-communist, all that. that. That's obvious. There are people out there who think that. But to my knowledge, nobody is sitting there. Nobody makes fun of the way he talks um, other than typical parody because that Brooklyn speak is is good for comedy. Right. But but nobody nobody say, oh, he's shrill. Nobody dislikes him. Uh, he has a, a personable quality about him. He does have sometimes that uh, that grumpy old grandpa vibe, but in a good, positive way, if it's strange like that. So he is likable. Um, and the Republicans, you know, they, they have someone comparable to that on their side is sure but you can't tell me going into 2016 knowing damn well that none of the above is on the ballot that both parties are going to willingly put up the most unpopular people available to go against each other i just don't see that happening i really don't i think it's a calculus that they'll have to take into account 
and yeah but i would definitely in fact i would love this right now even with everything else off the table if, if you told me kyle what's the one thing you want to fix if you could only pick one of these seven things that i've listed i would say i want none of the above on the ballot and i want it to count i want the parties to actually have to worry about putting forward somebody so fucking unpopular that need that nobody wins Okay, this gives everybody an out, though. You know, those mandatory people, the people who are like, I don't like voting because both parties suck, or I don't know anything, or, you know, it doesn't force people to make a decision. It doesn't force people to lessen their moral compass. It allows you to be able to say, you know what, both of these people fucking suck, and I don't like either one of them, so I'm going to put none of the above. And you know what? Here's the thing, too hypothetically say none of the above gets 49 percent, so it doesn't get the 50 percent. so we're still going to get one of the shitty candidates but come on no candidate who wins what 25 at that point they'd have to win 26 percent of the vote no candidate who wins 26 percent of the vote gets to walk into the you know white house claiming they have a mandate Okay, no one would be able to do that. This would be fresh ammunition against an incoming president and be like, you know what? You may have won, in air quotes there, you may have won technically, uh, but the majority, the vast majority of this country hates you more than your opponent, right? Like, it's pretty bad. Um, so it, it would stop a lot of that hurrah it would it would be a dark cloud over that person's inauguration i mean especially if the none of the above numbers were high and if the number of the none of the above wins and it gets more votes than the person who actually becomes our president i mean that that would have to be an ego shock right and that would that would tailor the government that would let them know as soon as they get in okay guys we can't just cater to my party and in reality we can't even try to cater to the other party we have to try to we actually have to count these people the none of the above people matter and that's one of my big complaints about uh the nihilists and uh the anarchists who are like i won't vote because it all sucks and blah 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 and whatever i'm like I i've been screaming at them for years you do realize that means that the politicians who you don't vote for i'll acknowledge you did not vote for them uh they don't care about you and they don't care about you even less than the people that you think they don't care about, right? Because that's the big that's the big knock. Politicians don't care about anybody. Well, okay, fine. But at a minimum, they have to care about their voters. Just just a little bit. They have to give them some red meat. They have to give them something, right? That's that's the whole point of elections. They have to go out and actually convince people to vote for them, which means they have to cater to their interests, even if it's just a morsel in the grand scheme of things. But if you don't vote right now in America, they don't give a fuck. Like, they could care less. They won, right? The winner never cares about the people who didn't vote at all. So, I mean, right now in our current system, again, going back to 2020, the largest election in our history, a majority of the country didn't vote, which means Joe Biden right now doesn't have to care about a majority of the country. He doesn't have to. They didn't vote. They clearly don't have an opinion. So he doesn't have to care. So who does he have to care about? He has to care about the people who actually voted. Those are the people he has to. Even even just a little bit. So I think none of the above is great because it, it puts them on notice. Hey, 
there is a segment of the country out there that you have to account for now. You can't just blow them off. This gives voters agency. It gives them a way to speak and be heard. Okay? And, and that's what I think is, is most important there. So, for my second thing, uh, this, is, this is what I call my tiered uh, system. Uh, this would require a complete fundamental change to our government. And it's, uh, it's what I would refer to as my utopian dystopia. Um, so I, I've long played, if you've listened to me, you know that I have a real huge problem with the average American voter. I believe they're stupid. Uh, they are very stupid. They do not follow politics out of choice or they can be conned and fooled, right? They read the headline, but they never read the article type of people. They follow memes on Facebook and believe them to be true. They never question anything. They never doubt anything. These are the people who actually can be influenced by fucking ads during the football game. Okay, I, I mute those things. I turn them off. I've already made up my decision, and I'm not going to believe anything an ad says because the ads I know, I'm smart enough to know, they're designed to elicit a certain response. Okay, it's, it's a science. That's why it's called political science. There is a science about going about these things. Um, but I'm talking about the stupid. I really have a problem with the stupid. Um, so in my other option, I say, yeah, everybody votes. That includes the stupid. And again, going back to 2016, even 2020, I don't think everybody voting is necessarily a great thing. Um, it's hard to believe in the almighty vote when you see what happened in our last two presidential elections and you see what's happening in this one. It's like Herschel Walker's likely to become a senator right now, right? Dr. Oz, for fuck's sake, is about to become a senator. Like, that's... That's serious. That's crazy. Um, and that's the stupid on full effect right now. Uh, there are a lot of people who are going to vote today who actually think the Republicans are going to do a better job with inflation, as if that's something they can control. They actually are going to vote for Republicans thinking that they can do something about crime, as if that's something they can control. Um, and, and they fall for that, oh, but he fights bullshit from Trump. And I'm like, but he really doesn't. He, he blusters. He, he's, he's a peacock uh, fanning his feathers around, trying to get somebody to buy it, and, and you keep buying it. Like, they fall for the bullshit. They fall for the stupid. And it's, to me, it's indefensible. And I'm just like, look, you shouldn't, you shouldn't vote. I'm sorry, you shouldn't. You are an idiot. You are stupid. You're, you are bringing all of us down. Okay, it's 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 beyond me. It's those people who don't believe in global warming. And it's like, well, why? Well, the, I did my own research crowd. And it's like, fucking no. I'm sorry. This is settled. Like even the most basic human being can sit and look and pay attention to the last 20 years, just since 2000 and be like, you know what? Every year we're breaking records. And that seems weird to me. Records shouldn't be broken every year like this. Not with nature. Not with science. This isn't this isn't you know a man finding a better way to do a push up and thus you know breaking a record. This isn't uh, man running a mile faster than anybody else who has ever done it before. This is this is nature. It should be fairly predictable. And breaking records every single season seems a bit much. But you'll still have people deny it. 
because they're idiots. It's, it's done. It's closed science. It's done. We can argue about how much it's going to affect us or how many people it's going to kill. Sure. But it is happening. It is something that we are doing. Human beings are doing this. It's closed. It's done. That's it. But there are people there who are still sitting here going, but I need my coal job. And I'm like, I'm sorry, your coal job fucking sucks. This happens. And not just because of fossil fuels. This happens. You remember, uh, you, you'll watch a black and white movie. There will be uh, phone operators. And they're, they're, there's this huge wall of plugs. And they're constantly moving. You know, they got their headphones and a microphone on. And, and they're, they're constantly unplugging and plugging other things in. Because that's how we used to connect people on the telephone. All those people lost their jobs when the technology advanced far enough to get rid of them. That's just what happens. Okay? The... the this happens in industry, in capitalism, in anything, really. Uh, you know, positions are downgraded because they're no longer required. Technology improves. Hey, look, we don't need to hire hundreds, thousands of people to plug and unplug these things and connect people anymore. We have a computer or whatever the hell it is they invented to get past it. It doesn't matter. Um, but you have people who always vote against their own best interests because they're worried about now and not the future. I mean, it, it drives me up the wall. The stupid. The stupid. It's real. It's out there. Okay? Right now, over 60% of registered Republican voters believe that 2020 was stolen. There is no evidence to suggest so. Not a one. It's been to court. It's been litigated. There is no evidence. Even Republican states like Arizona hired third-party people to come in and investigate. They found no evidence. The Republicans found no evidence of voter fraud in the states they are saying there was voter fraud. Yet, you still have people doing that. And so for me, I'm just like, look... Uh, we have to do something about the stupid. We have to cancel them out. Uh, we have to do something. And unfortunately, educating everyone isn't a possibility. The internet has vomited all this information to us all. And we, we can't possibly comprehend what's going on anymore. So for me, in my utopian dystopia, the first rule is that there are citizens and there are civilians. Now, the only difference between the two... The only difference as far as who gets what rights or anything else is voting and running for election. If you're a civilian, you cannot vote. You cannot run for office. If you're a citizen, you can't. That's the only, 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 only difference, period. And then you would say, well, Kyle, who determines who's a citizen and who isn't? And the first thing is, is that you remove money from the equation because I don't want the wealthy to do it. I don't want race to do it. This is going to be simply via service. Um, you have to demonstrate to me that you actually give a shit. Okay. So the first thing I would say is that you have to serve your country in one way or another. Uh, and that's it. Now, some people will say, fuck you. I don't want to work in the military. I completely agree with you. That's some bullshit. You should not have to put your life on the line to ded dedicate your service. I don't believe that's necessary. Uh, which is why my third rule for this one is that service could be military. Could be. I mean, hey, if you want to, you want to. Uh, or a fully funded Greenpeace Corps. 
And in that version, what I would also say is that Greenpeace is mandated to be equally funded to the military. So if the military wants to spend $800 billion a year on it, then Greenpeace also gets $800 billion a year. Quite frankly, that's probably how we should be running things anyway, because I do believe we, we need an offset. Uh, I believe it was Dennis Kucinich who was laughed off the stage uh, all the way back in 2008 when he suggested that the president should create a Department of Peace. And I was like, okay, I don't know what that looks like, but I'm willing to have the discussion. Like, that sounds actually like a good idea. If we are supposed to be this, you know, progenitor of democracy and we're supposed to be proliferating peace and, and goodwill to the world, why don't we have a Department of Peace? Like, if that's what we keep saying, why don't we have a department dedicated to spreading goodwill and democracy and nature? you know i mean this is this one is one of those things is like once you think about it it's like yeah why don't we have that if we keep saying that that's what we are why don't we have it but anyway um i would say that uh there, there would be a greenpeace core uh equal funding uh you don't necessarily have to leave the country maybe they just send you to uh to an area of the country that's having a, a housing problem or whatever but the point is is that you voluntarily enlist for a period of time, I would say two years, no more than that. You get paid during the entire time, just like the military. You know, you do get paid, you get benefits. It is a job, right? It's two years. They send you where you need to go to go do what Greenpeace does, which is typically, you know, uh, build houses, uh, help places get water, crops, you know, help help people who need help, right? That's the whole point. Um, and I think, I think, and again, Greenpeace, I'm just using as a, as a, a placeholder here, not necessarily Greenpeace, but I do think the government needs to create an entity where that is the purpose. Like, we are going to enlist people, Americans, to go do good things, right? And that's what they're going to be there for. That's their only job. They're never going to pick up a gun. They're never going to go fight. They're never going to usurp something. They are there to help that's the only thing they are i think we should nationalize that and have our own thing and that should be as well that should be something that you know people can go do to dedicate that hey i actually believe in the values of the united states and that way you can go do that it is peaceful there's no danger there you're helping human beings you are volunteering time and your reward for this other than, you know, hey, you got two years of work experience for free. Now, me personally, that would have been a lifesaver for me back in the day because a lot of the jobs I wanted to do require, you know, what's your work experience? I'm like, I don't fucking have any. I'm, I'm a teenager, right? But if you told me there was something like this, I wouldn't have joined the military. I would have gone and done this. Like, hey, you want to go to, you know, wherever some, some tribal land that doesn't have running water and you want to go, you know, help fix that you want to go uh install a well and give these people running water you want to go you know uh, uh go build houses for the homeless around the world you know you still have the all the allure of the military with the whole travel thing but also the the sense of i'm going to actually do some good for people you know and it's not tied to religion or anything else because a lot of people will say well there's already uh there's already groups that do that, Kyle, and they're not involved with the government. I'm like, yeah, okay, true, but uh, when they're private groups, I don't know what their motive is. Um, 
you know, uh, I know there are Mormon and Christian missionaries out there who go to places like Africa, but you know, their, their work always comes with a catch. It's like they're there to preach and the United States government should not do that. I think that's the whole purpose of this is that you would create this and you would give it to them. And you know what? Anybody who serves two years in the military or this, this, uh, Greenpeace, again, that's just a placeholder. It's, you know, but, but this peaceful operation that is equally funded, mandated to be equally funded, you know, Hey, the military gets 500 billion, they get 500 billion. And their sole job is to improve the lives of people in the world. And that is also a way you could get your privilege to vote. And it's important we stop referring to it as right. Just a, a small tangent here. No one in this country has the right to vote. And why? Because they can take it away from you. If they can take it away from you, it's not a right. Prisoners don't have a right to vote. That should be something that's... I'm sorry. That... that yeah. Uh, you, you can argue, oh, well, they're not the best people. And I'm like, I'm sorry. There are plenty of people who... What about the people who haven't been caught? Do they have a right to vote, too, just because they haven't been caught yet? I mean, I, anyway, that, that's a whole other discussion, but uh, that is something, you know, I think. So in my utopian dystopia, you know, uh, there would be tears. There would be citizens and civilians. It would be odd and strange to say that, yeah, we have two classes of people, people who have volunteered their time and energy and youth, possibly, to a cause greater than themselves to demonstrate that they actually give a shit. Is this perfect? Fuck no. But the vast majority of Americans do not volunteer their time. They don't care. It would cut back on the nihilism at least. And then you could at least say, hey, you know what? The people who voted, they actually did something. You know? They actually put their time on all... They put two years into something. That wasn't about them. And, and to me, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't fix everything. I think it does cut back on a lot of the problems. I, it doesn't solve it. There will still be stupid people. Trust me, I was in the military. There are stupid fuckers in the military. Like, I did not take offense to that time John Kerry said that the, the military wasn't getting our best and brightest. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Because <laughs> if you're smart enough, you don't go to the military, right? Like, I mean, if, if you've got a perfect circumstance, if you've got money and you've got a, you've got education, that's the last place you go, man. That is, uh, you were throwing a lot away doing that. Um, so yeah, I didn't take offense to that. I was like, yeah, he's being, he's right. Right. You know, let's be honest. Most of the people in the military didn't have free ride scholarships to the college of their choice. That's, it's not an incorrect thing to say. So that's my crazy utopian dystopia uh, tiered service <laughs> democracy that would uh, uh, inevitably have its own problems and, and fuck people over in a completely different way that I'm just not foreseeing. Uh, but y you know what? I do have a problem with the stupid, and I just don't know how to combat that in any other way. Um, but at least this wouldn't be arbitrary, and anybody could do it. Again, this isn't uh, this isn't military. We're not forcing you into a situation where you'd have to take a life or put your life at risk. You have this other option that is available to you. Um, you know, that's just me. So in closing, uh, that it is election day, I will caution you that the way we count votes in this country, some of it is deliberate, some of it was a best intentions type of thing. 
Um, tonight it may look when you're going to bed, depending if you uh, live on the East Coast especially because, hey, we're sleepy. Um, it may look like the Republicans are winning. And then tomorrow morning when you wake up and you check your phone, it'll say, oh, the Democrats won. Or vice versa. It could it could do that. Um, this, some places, is by design. For example, um, most Democrats, thanks to COVID, uh, vote by mail. Um, they, they, they choose to do that. They'll, some of them get an absentee ballot and they do it. Some, some people just uh, live in states like I do that do it automatically, but whatever. They vote by mail. Most Democrats vote by mail. Most Republicans vote in person. Some of that's conspiracy riddled. Um, so the in-person votes are counted almost immediately, which is why it will look like, oh my God, the Republicans are winning when you go to bed. The mail-in ballots take longer. Um, and when I say that sometimes it's by design, it's, uh, some, some states, uh, probably through perfectly good reasons, uh, just decided that, Hey, we shouldn't count votes until election day. So even though these mail-in ballots have been coming in for weeks now, uh, none of them have been counted at all and will not be counted until polls open today is when the counting starts. Um, so if you know that one party shows up in person and their count is counted immediately and one group, one other party votes by mail and by nature theirs will take longer to count, you will see the shift where at first it will look like one party's winning and then all of a sudden this wave comes in and blows them out of the water. Now Republicans, thanks to Trump and the big lie, have conditioned everyone on their side to see that this is where the fix is in, right? Because where these ballots come from? I don't buy into that. Uh, but what I am saying is that there is a reason for the shift. It's not a conspiracy. It's not you know, anything crazy. There are some state legislatures that purposefully made it that the, 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 the mail-in ballots don't get counted until, you know, this date or this time. And they'll do that on purpose because it, it helps feed into the lie because really they don't need it to be true. They just need it to have an uh, inkling of truth because they understand that conspiracy theorists, they don't need much, right? They just need a grain of truth. Uh, a little thing that that doesn't quite make sense on its face and if you actually studied and read into it it would make sense but but not quite so uh, i would caution that we're probably not going to know for certain how everything shakes out i would say a week i mean there's going to be certain races obviously you know there's going to be blowouts so you're going to know pretty quick the general idea of how things turn out uh, today or tomorrow, tonight or tomorrow, depending. Uh, but we're not going to know the finite details, and we're not going to know for certain on some of those closer races, uh, possibly, you know, Friday, maybe even next Tuesday. And some elections in some states are going to be so close that perhaps they go to a runoff. Uh, remember, that's, that's what happened last time in Georgia in 2020. The Georgia elections were so close that they had a runoff. And the Democrats won because Trump was throwing a hissy fit about how everybody's vote didn't count. So uh, that's how the Democrats ended up with two seats in Georgia, where theoretically, if Trump had just shut his mouth and not said anything, perhaps the Republicans would have won. Um, so it's possible that that happens, too. 
in Georgia, places like that, they will have runoffs if the elections are too close. So it's possible we might know not know who controls the Senate until, you know, January, like we did last time. Um, so it's just something to keep in mind. You know, don't look for conspiracy theories. Don't look for things. As always, judge slowly. Let the story develop. Let it happen. We're intelligent. We're patient. We can read. Don't trust the headlines. Read the articles. Let the story develop. Don't be one of those people who makes a rash decision and then, you know, 48 hours later is like, oof, that social media post didn't age well. Don't be one of those people. Just chill. Don't declare victory. Don't do a dance. Don't automatically declare defeat. Just wait. In seven days' time, we'll know which way we probably are headed. Hopefully, we get some positive results and we can all breathe a little easier. But, you know, just, just wait. There's no, you don't have to be first. You're not a news network. I'm not a news network. We don't have to be right there at this moment with the, the breaking news that so-and-so won. We don't have to race to this. Um, so just, just take your time. Be safe. Uh, as always, of course, vote. Please, please, please vote. Um, because that's better than nothing. And, uh, and the more we can be involved, the, the better, I think. I, I tend to believe that. Um, you know, fascism and, and bad bad people don't get in charge if everybody actually says something about it. So uh, get out there, vote, be safe, get vaccinated, all that good stuff. As always, you can reach us at uh, gmail.com, recoveryfrompolitics at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at politics underscore from. Uh, we're on there. Uh, don't know for how much longer. I don't really have a presence on any other social media websites. Most of them are a bit younger than me. So I, I don't know. They seem to be for the younger kids these days, and I don't really do that. As always, we do not uh, have any money for this. This is a completely free production by me and me alone. I don't have a team or anything else. So the only way this thing spreads is if you share it and like it and subscribe and leave comments. Uh, uh, I guess uh, Apple and Spotify, they have this thing where liking and subscribing isn't enough. You actually have to leave a comment and a description of what it is before the algorithm will actually promote it to other people. It's one of those things. Um, I don't know. I don't get into it. But anyway, uh, if you enjoy what you hear, let everyone know and let me know. I'd love to hear it too. Anyway, as always, you guys have a nice, safe day. Be safe, please. Vote. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.